Welcome to the Teacher's Podcast, in association with Classroom Secrets, the podcast that's here to help teachers. Whether it's discussing the latest issues in education or sharing top tips for use in the classroom, if you work in education or want to know more about the sector, then this is the podcast for you. Now, please welcome your host, former teacher, life-work balance advocate and successful business owner, Claire Riley. Hi everyone and thanks for listening. In this episode, I interviewed Vashti Hardy, author of Bright Storm and Wild Spark. Vashti was a primary school teacher in a former life before becoming a published author. And so she really has an understanding of the pressures of teaching and how her books are used to inspire learning. During the interview, Vashti gives some lovely ideas inspired by her books from schools and teachers across the country. I really hope that you find Vashti's story interesting especially if you fancy yourself as an author one day, as she delves into how to go about that too. Let's get to the interview. So Vashti, thank you so much for joining me on the Teachers Podcast. Thank you for inviting me. No, it's brilliant. Um, So obviously we're at the One Education Literacy Conference. You've just done your keynote. It was amazing. Thank you. Um, There was such a fan crowd in there as well, um, especially before you arrived, which you probably didn't realise. But yeah, they absolutely love your books. Um, It's new, it's exciting. And thank you. I think I'm really excited what the teachers are going to get out from listening uh, to this podcast episode. Um, But I think they're going to be really excited that you particularly ironic so thank oh, you oh that's lovely I, I must admit i'm really lucky to have such brilliant teacher support and um yeah, yeah it's, it's lovely i think in this day of social media like it breaks down the barriers so it makes it a it lot does. easier to kind of connect with people and see what they're doing in the classroom and everything so it does it does and i i really like that and one thing that i always say is do you know what we're accessible in a way that we've never been accessible before and you have to embrace that and if you embrace that then you get something really good out of it yeah you do and i think sometimes it's a i think of it a bit like a triangle so you've got like the like the authors you've got the teachers and you've got the children so the children sort of through the teachers can maybe you know send us things show us work celebrate it and ask questions and that sort of thing so it's a nice a nice yeah. bridge between them. And I think there was a time when um, people would have thought that an author wouldn't want that, like they wouldn't mm. want that in their lives. Mm. But I think social media makes it so much easier to actually do that, to get authors into your school. And Yeah, it does. Yeah, yeah. oh, brilliant. Thank you. So, um, obviously you're an author, um, but I thought it'd be really helpful if you could give us a backstory, like, you know, how you um, got into what you're doing now. Yeah. So I've, I've always written ever since I was was young had ups and downs of kind of believing I could do it and um as we all do on these these kind of journeys especially creative creative careers but so I've done lots of other things as well and one of the things that I um have done is um be a teacher in primary school so um I did tend to when I was a teacher though everything that I did I would weave story into it somehow yeah (laughs) because it's like my my first like love of um in life, in teaching, I would, yeah, I would always find ways to bring books into the learning and um, story time was always the most important time of the day for me. Do you think it was, um, do you think that because you was such a um, lover of, of story that like literacy was your sort of favourite thing to teach? Yes, I would say so. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I think, um, yeah, being uh, the lovely thing about 
working in primary school is it's much easier to go between subjects. It doesn't ha you don't necessarily have to box it into yes. literacy or uh, geography or whatever. You can you can you know merge it in a lovely way, which you can't necessarily do so easily in secondary school. So it's yeah. a great place to use story because story kind of naturally bridges those to merge the curriculum yeah. and your stories in particular really sort of lend mm. themselves to you know splashing over the curriculum yeah. um and and covering all those different uh, yeah, subjects as well don't for some, they for some reason yeah it just um sort of serendipitously happened that way that it's um yeah that especially brightstorm has been used in all these these amazing ways by teachers it's, yeah. it's been a real joy to see it over the last kind of year and a half or so so you've mentioned teaching but you've not just done teaching no what do you do now oh so i work in marketing now because basically teaching and writing very difficult to do together yes, because yes. you know i know the demands that teachers are are under you do tend to um take your work home and it's it's difficult to leave it in the classroom I mean, some teachers are very good at that, but you know, it's it's not easy. I don't th I don't think do. there's a very many that no, could do both. No, at and all. It's you know, I just knew that if I wanted to take my writing seriously, that it would be difficult to do with with teaching. Not impossible, but for for me, I thought, do you know what? I'm going to maybe step out, um, work in a job that I can leave in the office mm -hmm. and. And so I can, my time that I'm writing is uh, mentally, I'm, I'm there. But still then, you're a published author, but yet you still have a full-time job, which is just, uh, that is so, that's epic. I'm sure there are people listening now going, oh, wait, what? It's really hard. Actually, I, I did cut down to four days last year. So it's a little bit, a little bit easier. Four days is practically a full-time job. Yeah, it's still, I mean, hopefully, um, I'm hoping I can cut down a bit more next year. But, you know, it's, you know, life can be quite expensive, as we all know, yeah. to kind of keep, you know, to, you know, I've got three children and um, it's it's tricky. So I do have to juggle both. But, um, you know, I'm really lucky that the books have been embraced and yeah. it's all going well. Scholastic, my publisher, are really supportive. So, um you know, things are things keep moving onwards and upwards, which is wonderful. And yeah. I adore what I do. I adore being an author. I love doing school visits. I love writing. It sort of brings together all my interests. At school, I was a real like I was one of these children that was good at everything, but didn't particularly excel in any one thing. But I loved yeah. I loved science, art, you know, English, the whole the whole lot. So being a writer I get to put everything yeah. into what I do which is a perfect perfect job for me really yeah that's amazing I mean I think just listening to you it's it's a perfect example of somebody who wants something and will do whatever that it takes to be successful um, and you have to sometimes do that extra job and you you have to just focus on that and and kind of just take the the rough, don't you, yeah. to get to get to that point where it's um, a bit smoother. You do, and actually, I kind of like the the sort of characters that I write in my book. I didn't realise till after I'd written them that you know these kind of bold, tenacious uh, characters that batter down barriers and find ways through, and you know go on these up and down journeys. And I thought, you know, when I got to the end of writing, I thought, God, this is a bit like life as a writer yes, <laughs> kind of, and yes. what you have to these sort of skills are 
I thought, oh, I've kind of written my writing journey here, like yeah. being tenacious and things going wrong, but kind of carrying on regardless and getting through it. And those skills can relate to anything that you try and achieve in life. So it's, yeah, it's a rough road, but you know, I'm quite a positive person. And yeah, um, yeah I just, I've always focused on trying to write the best stories I can, um, not on the sort of the goal of being published, but I've always thought if I can write good stories, um, then I stand the best chance I can at being published. But, you know, that's what I focus on is, am I writing something that's the best I can possibly write? And it's not it's not just about being published either. It's about children really remembering those stories. You know, you've mm. talked in your keynote about authors you remembered as a child and imagine, you know, 20 years time and there's somebody up there as a teacher talking about you. Yeah. That would be that would be incredible. Absolutely amazing. I just yeah, I'm always I'm so touched when I get messages um via teachers about children that have maybe read Brightstorm or Wild Spark and it's really meant something to them because I know what that feels like. I remember what it feels like. Um, you know, when I was growing up, my parents didn't really read to us at home um so you know having teachers read stories was everything to me going to a primary school where story was valued highly our head teacher would read my naughty little sister stories in every every single assembly time she would sit down and read us a story and what more you know what that's that's the way to bring up the level of, of the value of story, isn't it? To have your head teacher mm. sit down and take that time to read a story to you. And, you know, it put story at the heart of everything and it opened up a new world for me. Yeah, that's amazing. So how did you actually get published then? So um, I just, uh, you know, when, when I, in my sort of 20s, and I'd always written, gone through stages of not believing that I could do it or it was something that someone like me you know ordinary me could possibly do um actually that's another reason why it's important to do author visits and to break down those barriers because children need to see that it's something that is achievable if you're tenacious enough and you work hard enough and if you want it enough um yeah. you know it's it's important to see that you can break down those barriers and ordinary people can achieve You're not a fictitious person. things yeah that that we're we're not some magic person with a with a golden pen that yeah. that it goes right you know we do edit we do draft we do get it wrong and we do work hard yeah. um and knowing that is i think really important for children so um yeah being on that that journey and meeting children and being able to mm -hmm. to sort of talk about that is is important so how did you get published Oh yeah, that was your question. Yeah, wasn't it? Sorry. Right. yeah I knew I'd gone off on a tangent. <laughs> I did do right. that. I'm sorry. Bring me back in. So do I. I was I'm like, writer, I best read what the question was. <laughs> so uh, yeah. So then, so I was writing my twenties. Um, went on lots of writing courses. So I've got to collect my toolkit and get good at, at, at what I do. So did my teaching as well in between. After my teaching, I did an MA in creative writing, um, and after that I was still teaching and then I kept writing alongside teaching kept trying kept doing courses and eventually I joined something called the Golden Egg Academy so if there's any teachers that fancy a bit of writing this is a great place to go it's run by children's book editors right. um, from the industry uh, a brilliant lady called Imogen Cooper who uh, worked 
called Barry Cunningham, who famously discovered J.K. Rowling. Um, oh, right. okay, back yeah. in the day, he has his own publishing house, Chicken House. Mm -hmm. And Imogen worked for Barry. She was seeing lots of stories come through that she thought, oh, if only I had more time, they, they show so much promise. If, the, if I could help these writers on their journey, um, then you know there could be some amazing stories to be had. Yeah. So she started this thing called Golden Egg Academy, where you can get this brilliant advice from industry editors, develop your skills in a very um, you know, nurturing and, and friendly environment. And, and that's how I kind of then met my agent through Imogen and yeah. sort of it propelled me onto the next level, I suppose. Got an agent and eventually got my book deal with Scholastic. Exciting. So what books have you got coming up? So um, Dark Whispers is my next book, which is out in February, a follow on from Brightstorm. Uh, so back with the crew, back on a, an expedition. So at the end of Brightstorm, it finishes with a missing explorer. Um, they're just sitting around at the end and they, they're reading the paper and this missing explorer. Um, and they, they sort of decide to go in search of this missing explorer. And that's what Dark Whispers is about. But I've had enough of the cold in, in bright storms. So I was like, let's go tropical. We're going to the rainforest. Okay. Oh, wow. With a really big twist in the tail. Oh, exciting. And some new creatures, some new sapient creatures. And So you're still writing that now? No, it's just, it's done. Um, just copy edits, which is the final stage of all the little tiny bits of punctuation and and um, repetition and things like that to yeah. sort out. And do you um, do you feel like you have to get it to a certain standard in terms of the punctuation, or do you kind of just go, oh, somebody else can I sort do that as, out? I do as I, you know, I I try as much as I can to get it right, but you know, there's still things that you yeah. you miss. I think as a writer, you're it's like being a juggler. You're juggling like a thousand balls <laughs> at the same time in your story, and you can't sort of. You, you you won't see everything no. and actually even when it's gone through maybe three four different people there are still things yes. that get missed or don't get spotted actually that's a really important thing for children to know that yeah. that everyone makes mistakes no one gets it perfect it's a team that works on a book it's not yeah. all about one person no. and it's okay to have other people look at your writing and to edit and to yeah. to do these things and it's okay if you're not great at spelling and grammar there's you know there are ways of learning and there's help and there's so much more that goes into being a writer yeah and you know what it's really easy to miss things especially when you've done it yourself yeah. um because you know obviously we do proofreading at classroom secrets and and things do get missed and um honestly we we've tried it where you check your own work it's just impossible to spot it you know things yeah. sort of slip through and because of that now i definitely spot errors in books yeah and i'm like hang on a minute that's an error yeah that they're, they're, they're there to be had and i think that's that's okay it yeah. shows that we're all human this is it yeah and it's, it and it's a normal thing isn't yeah. it i think people think that everything's perfect and nothing is perfect no um okay so when you're writing your books then, do you have a specific kind of reading level in mind or do you just write and you tend to have, uh, it kind of just comes naturally? Yeah, I just write, um, yeah, I just write in the way that I write and um, I don't sort of think too much about, um, you know, you know if, if a word is right for the situation, then I'll use that word and, you know, often I'll try and challenge myself by using 
a word that maybe I don't use often in in conversational language. If it's right for the description or it's right for the character, I thought, well, no, that's a that's a great word to use. So I don't sort of I'm, I'm not doing it sort of uh, on purpose necessarily, but. I think our, you know language is a beautiful thing to explore yeah. so I, I explore it in my own way and and um yeah I I don't sort of shy away from using language that that is might be a bit new or or different because I think teachers love to you know children love to explore new words and, yes yes um, it's a good learning opportunity their, yeah. for teachers and I suppose that's another reason why yeah. it's great to get your books in the lessons so that they can sort of explore that new vocabulary mm. as well. Yeah. So obviously you've been a teacher before. What of your teaching knowledge do you bring into your books, do you think? I think you, I bring that, um, I suppose that understanding of the magic of stories in school and how important that is and, um, and what a brilliant space it can be for learning. Even though I don't sort of, I don't write with that in mind, I think probably in my subconscious um, these things come in perhaps but um, yeah that you know knowing about how important the joy of books can be and what a difference it can make when children discover the book that turns them into readers and turns them into um, that that kind of lights that touch paper lights the spark Mm -hmm. knowing how important that is um, you know is everything yeah and I think you, you must just have in the back of your mind somewhere it's just that understanding like you say of mm. of where the children are at um so do you have any tips for encouraging reading for pleasure in schools then yeah i would i would um i mean from the schools that i visit i know that the teachers that are you know embrace children's books themselves and love children's books and are knowledgeable about what's out there the children in in those classes are much more likely to be switched on about reading uh reading for pleasure because they can you know the child there's a buzz in the classroom the the teachers might have their own you know shelf of books that they recommend that the children can can borrow so they they might have their own shelf of books that the children can borrow they might have recommended reads mm-hmm. and then I always think of it as like ripples in a pond you know when you drop a, a pebble yeah. and it ripples out so yeah. like that teacher is like the the pebble and then the children are the ripples and then the children start recommending to each other and yeah. there's just a buzz about reading and I think that's what you want to try and build that culture of reading for pleasure um, another thing that I would say that I did when I was a teacher is if you can try and um, I did this with year six the first half term we did a topic on picture books and you know sometimes people can think of you know there's some hierarchy in the order like prime that picture books like you don't you can't read those when you're in year six but I went straight in with some great quality picture books and we talked about how sophisticated they can be Mm, and they are and how important and try to elevate that up and then that helps the children that maybe struggle um with reading it gives it sort of it elevates it so that they can access that um so do you ever link your books 
to topics then? Obviously, being a teacher, you know what all the different topics are. Do you ever link them to his history or anything yeah, like that? Yeah, I don't, never on, on purpose. I mean, it, I think um, I wrote Brightstorm because I love real life stories of explorers and adventurers. And um, the idea came from seeing Shackleton's advert for one of his expeditions. And I thought, what a great start for a story. What a great call to adventure. Uh, what if two children answered an advert like that? And then Arthur and Maudie sort of arrived and I went from there. Um, but then kind of explorers is often a topic that might might be a, yeah. used in primary school. But that wasn't that wasn't me thinking, oh, they do explorers. So I'm going to write a book about explorers because then I think you lose the magic a little bit. Like you yeah. can't sort of fit. It has to just come together in a, in a more, I don't know, in a, in a more organic it needs way. to be something you buy into as well, yeah. doesn't it? Yeah, so it's lovely that those connections are there, but it's not something that I purposefully sort of thought mm -hmm. of. It's just lovely that it happens to have been of that course. way. Of yeah. So obviously you've mentioned that you're working in marketing now. Mm -hmm. Do you feel like that helps you market your book? A little bit, yeah. I think like with them, um, I work with uh, content management on websites and things. So uh, I'm quite, with my own website, I find it quite easy to navigate and, and mm -hmm. create, um, which is helpful and yes, um yes. yeah like social media and things like that as things i do for my job so it's it's kind of a it's not an alien space for me no and, and you've got quite a unique position really from the teaching side on the marketing side you're yeah. probably very like me <laughs> i have yeah. to do both those things as well yeah. um so obviously you do lots of school visits and you've talked to lots of teachers so somebody's listening now and and they're using brightstorm for example what ideas have you got for teachers to use your books in the classroom? Oh, I've seen some some amazing, amazing thing that, that teachers have done, really creative activities. Um, so maybe like I use literacy as an example to start off with because, you know, that's the most obvious <laughs> link to her from the story. But things like with um, in Brightstorm, the twins apply to go on this expedition. So I've seen some great persuasive letters from children applying to Captain Harriet Culpepper as to why they should be accepted for this mission. And I think that's very motivating because they're, if you use story to do this, because they're already part of the story, they're immersed in it. So I like to think of them traveling along with the characters on these yeah. expeditions. So, you know, that's so motivating as a child, isn't it? To, to like, if you already feel like you're like with Arthur and Maudie, to then write a letter because you want to proceed with them, you want to go on on this adventure is highly motivating. So some lovely letter writing, newspaper reports that relate to the story about what's happening and diary writing um, are all things that I've seen that have worked really well in literacy. Uh, loads of brilliant DT and ICT work, so creating skyships, um, some really sophisticated, amazing, like, skyships that I've seen and um, work with computers yeah. as well. A lovely activity that I saw, and this could be used for any any story that you use. Um, a teacher from Brockwell School um, had some like s steampunk type of goggles and the children drew as if looking through the character's eyes, oh, drew yeah. a scene from the book. And I thought, what well, a lovely idea. You could use that for any, any story can you, yeah, that you're reading. Yeah. And it's it gives you something on the empathy side because you're you're inhabiting a character and imagining what yeah. it's like to look through their eyes and see or see the world. So you could bring in um, you know, emotions in the colours that they use yeah. to draw what the character's seeing. 
But that's a, yeah, yeah. That's, I thought that's a very translatable idea. So many great ideas. And you also, in your keynote, I was listening, um, you mentioned about Pinterest. Mm. Oh, yeah, I'm, I'm really like, I'm quite a visual learner, I think. So I use images a lot when I'm describing. Often if I'm writing a scene, I'll have a picture right beside me to help me um, create the space that yeah. I'm describing. Um, so, yeah, I have a Pinterest board for Brightstorm. So if anyone is reading Brightstorm, they can look it up. Just put in Vashti Hardy Brightstorm and you'll find all the pictures that I use to help create the world. But you could create a class Pinterest board and start collecting pictures for an idea, maybe for a class story or um, or just pictures that you find interesting. And then you can like print the pictures out, maybe use them to do some free writing, so have a collection yeah. of interesting pictures. And sometimes when I do school visits and children, they might be creating their own maps of a world. I take around a group of my own pictures and will say, or oh, just take a couple that you find interesting, put them together and see what you can create if it sparks an idea yeah, for a story yeah. or anything. So yeah, pictures are great to use. I love that idea. I love that, I feel like I need to go find your, yeah. <laughs> your board and just, just, analyze where where all these ideas yeah. came from i think i think that's a really lovely activity yeah how to um, create yeah the, the atmosphere um of a world for me and that's really important to sort of get the feeling it's bit, right. yeah and you know we talk about imagination don't we and um we say that children have a good imagination but i actually did um a podcast with uh, John Murray not too long ago and, and he was talking about sometimes children need that extra help developing their imaginations mm. um, and I think yeah sometimes we struggle to see what it would look like but if you can if you can see it visually and then create it from there really developing mm. that skill as well aren't you because you you start flipping it on yeah, its head it can be very hard to go from just nothing to something yeah so all the things that you can use so so images music if you use soundtracks to films are brilliant for this because they they tell an emotional story they tell yeah. a journey so you know maybe try if you're a teacher one day just put on some music from the soundtrack to Harry Potter or something yeah. and let the children I, do I some free that. writing. Just, it yeah. just, you, you're just, you, it doesn't mean you'll start writing Harry Potter stories. You're no. just, you will, you'll, you'll just you start. You start thinking yeah, of things. You Absolutely yeah. you do. And I think for me, just, you're just saying that. I'm thinking of times I've listened to say the Harry Potter soundtrack yeah. and you can't help yourself. You just feel things. Yeah. And how do. could you not yeah. put that into something creative? Yeah, you could. Yeah, it would be lovely to do in school. I tell you something else, like another little idea um, that I use. So, so Dark Whispers is set in the rainforest. I've never been to the rainforest. I can't afford to jet off to the rainforest, sadly. <laughs> I would love to, but I can't. So I want to write it authentically. So how do I do that? So we have... I watch a lot of nature programs. David Attenborough, Bear Grylls is a real favorite in my house because you can find out how to put the characters into these dangerous situations, how to get them out. And you can sort of build that environment. And BBC have a great archive of sounds um, that are free to download. I think it's BBC Sound Archive. So go in there, you can type in rainforest sounds and then you can just listen to what it sounds like to be in the rainforest, to you know what the cacophony, the orchestra of all the different noises, yeah. the, the croaks and the squawks and the chirrups and all these things that go on. 
you could do that in class, like try some different sounds and get the children to describe what they're hearing yeah. and put that into their stories then. But that's a great resource. You know, you might not be able to travel there, but you can. We've got technology that can take us these, we have, to and, these places. And it's so interesting listening to your talk because I feel um, some comparisons really with um, when I interviewed Tom Palmer. And sometimes I think we expect children to sit down and write from nothing. Mm. Yet you're here, a published author, telling me it doesn't come from nothing. Yeah. It comes from inspiration, you know, in sound, in pictures. Mm. It comes from somewhere. And if and if we as adults need that, then what are we what yeah. are we scaffolding for the children to make sure that they have that for their inspiration? Yeah, absolutely. It's such a good point. Um so there might be some people listening who have never read Bright Storm and never read any of your books. Um, just describe what they're like. So they're, they're adventure stories, mm -hmm. primarily, and adventure fantasy stories. I tend to have um, like a little bit of a science or invention element to it because I love science. Um, and um, I tend to create worlds where I imagine that there's never been um, a gender sort of barrier to achievement or anything like that so you get a very even mix of girls and boys sort of in in the variety of of roles hopefully they appeal quite well to both girls and boys which is lovely I have a very even mix of of audience which I love um, so they're they're adventure fantasies you know with um, often with interesting creatures in so in Brightstorm there are these creatures called the thought wolves who communicate through um, their thoughts um, with with the characters and I love imagining sort of what if so I'm fascinated by how humans sort of maybe um, place themselves in the world how we view other animals and I like imagining what if there were some animals that were as intelligent more intelligent than us what would that world be like and yeah, I tend to just ask ask big questions in my book and just kind of explore it through the story. I'm just thinking about your stories. I mean, can you imagine them being made into a film? Oh, I'd love that. I'd so love that. Could I think they'd probably be day. quite expensive to make. Well, flying ships. Mind you, yes. CGI. We're, we're well, fine. this is it. I'm thinking, yeah. um, you know, recent ones, but um, oh, it'd be brilliant. Oh, I think really it would. Really good. Thank you. Um, right, would you ever go back into teaching? I wouldn't. No, I don't. No, I, I wouldn't. Um, just because I feel like I, I got the best job in the world being an author, and I love it so very much. And getting to go into schools and see children, I kind of get all the best bits of yeah. being a teacher and kind of you know that that thing that I loved about it. I still get a little bit of that by being an author and going in and seeing. Yeah. meeting children and meeting readers and teachers um but you know teaching is is a it's a hard job an it amazing job an amazingly satisfying job i think it's like equally sat like writing is very satisfying and being a yeah. teacher can be very satisfying and hard but often the best things in life are are hard work yes that's true that's true and um, so classroom secrets is running a life work balance campaign we're really passionate at me in particular about um, making sure that teachers can have a life work balance by giving them the opportunity to rather than just saying well look after your life work balance because that doesn't solve any problems if you could wave a magic wand to solve the life work balance problem what would you do oh gosh do you know um, if I could if I can wave a magic wand <clears throat> this would work for me anyway 
I would have, you know, the Hermione time twister. <laughs> I was, I was I would, thinking I when you started, that. I thought this is going to be like some fantasy thing. Yeah, this is going to be the best answer yeah. ever. Go. <laughs> it would, it, the amount of times, honestly, I feel I would love a, a like, yeah, a Hermione time twister because you know there's not enough hours in the day for everything and and there's so many wonderful things to do like for me there's so many great stories to write there's so many wonderful and for teachers there's so many great things you can do in the classroom with kids and and it's just like there's often not enough time and, and or we, we're going too fast through through things and sometimes I wish especially for teachers I wish that a lot of the kind of the box ticking could just disappear and there would be more space for some free you know the, the blue sky thought and yeah. and that that could be elevated and valued and you know given some space i love that i've asked you that question i was just just as i started to ask you i just thought i'm going to get an amazing answer here time twister yeah it had to have a magical answer <laughs> yeah a magical answer that's amazing i'm gonna petition the government for that yeah i think so <laughs> this should happen it's i asked you if you couldn't wave a magic wand yeah and at the end of the day you chose magic did, that yeah. was correct <laughs> <laughs> who was your favorite teacher at school and why oh, i had a teacher mr dunham at secondary school who um who gave us writing journals free writing journals to write whatever we wanted it in and they wouldn't ever be marked and i took a journal and i started writing and without him, I don't think I'd be be a writer. So he was great. Also, Mrs. Arnold, the teacher that read Rebecca's World when I was in year two. Uh, again, without that book, I don't think I'd be a writer. It was a book that changed everything for me and opened my mind to, you know, that's the moment I realised, actually, your imagination is like a superpower. This is like pretty amazing tool we have. It is um, amazing. And you know what I find amazing is when adults retain their childhood imagination for children's yeah. books because um there's been times when I've kind of I feel like the the crack has opened again slightly and I'm like oh my word where did it go yeah <laughs> I remember what it was like having it and it's gone yeah um, but I'm glad you've kept it because yeah. um I often do think like how do people hold on to this mm. um and I think that's an amazing yeah, skill I think it's important to I don't know how you do it but I don't know I suppose I've always been I've always been a really imaginative person and I can't help but but just yeah keep that imagination flowing um who is your inspiration within education within also now within education oh yeah. so I love I've got to I've got to say um teacher glitter on twitter who a lot of people will know um if you follow her you can look back through her timeline she's, she's done some amazing bright storm work in the classroom she's one of the first teachers to embrace it and I love her creativity and her energy and passion for what she does is it's like yeah a really beautiful thing so she's she's very I mean there's so many teachers that inspire me actually that I, I come across and you know it's amazing how you can make friends with people through through like social media yeah, through twitter course, or yeah, instagram yeah. and how you can connect and i love the way that it bridges that gap and um you can make friends in that that way you can yeah um okay last question then what did you want to be when you grew up when i was younger i would i, I a writer but it doesn't mean that i always believed i could do it um 
you know, wanting to do something and believing you can do something are two different things. And that's that can be quite a journey and that, you know, the self-doubt that can creep in and sort of, you know, feeling like you're someone ordinary that maybe can't do that. But then that that's that's a life school, isn't it? Kind of that that journey through learning how to overcome that and have self-belief and have tenacity and positivity and and bash down the barriers and find yeah. a way, you know, and knowing with enough hard work and enough, um, you know, enough, you know, get your blinkers on and, and go for that that goal that you can, that you can do it. I always thought with writing, I thought if I got to the end of my life, what would I regret? And I thought I would regret not trying. Yeah. You know, failing, that's a different thing. If you, if you fail, if you've given it everything and you fail, at least you've tried your best. Mm-hmm. So I thought, I always knew I would regret not trying. So I thought, you know, I'm going to really try. <laughs> yeah, and I think, I think in the creative kind of uh, careers, it's, it's really hard and you really do have to believe in yourself when, mm. when sometimes nobody else does. And yeah. I think it's more than a life skill. And I think what, what's a shame is that quite a lot of people don't actually know how to get over that. Yeah. Um, and, and you have to be in a special place with yourself, I think, mm. to to believe in yourself yeah. to to do that because with the creative things like being an actor or a singer or a writer mm. it's it's something different and, and you're very much judged aren't you on what you've produced yeah it's it's very tricky and that's where you know someone like a teacher a friend a parent a sibling it's it a friend it they can make all the difference if you've got one person that at the right time will say to you, you you can do this, it's okay, this is good what you're doing, no you are, you have got something here in your in your writing or your story or or your whatever it is you're pursuing, sometimes we all need that little pat on the back don't we, in order to kind of go okay right onwards. Who was that person for you? Um, I think with the writing it was probably Imogen at at Golden Egg Academy because she was an industry editor And because she she read my work and was like, oh no, this is like this is great. I was like, really? Is it? Is it all right? And and it was like, well, if she, she's an editor and she's saying that, so so then I, that that was um, that really helped me yeah. on my journey. So yeah, that's amazing. Thank you so much. Yeah, thank you. I think this is going to be so useful, and hopefully, you're going to see loads more copies of uh, Price oh, I hope so. Flying off the shelves, and, and anyone can keep in touch with me. On, you can find me on on social media, and, and I, you know, if yeah. if people in their classes are using my books or have got children that loves it, just honestly, just send me a little message and say hi. You know, Bobby in my class really yeah. enjoyed Brightstorm and I'd, I'm always happy to send a little message back if it helps. Yeah. Sort of oh, that's excellent. Thank things. you. And you're on Twitter and obviously we'll put all your um, links to your website and everything oh, in you. the show notes for the podcast. Thank you. Thank you so thank much. Thank you for chatting. It's been lovely. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. The thing that struck me about Vashta is how humble and grateful she is to have her work published and I really admire that. It's a lovely thing when someone genuinely enjoys what they do, works extremely hard for it and she's still juggling so much to achieve this, is successful and stays grounded. I hope that you'll be able to use Vashti's books in the classroom and that you now have some lovely ideas to link them to all sorts of learning. 
And if you have any ideas of your own, I know Vashti would love to hear from you on her social channels. You'll find everything that Vashti talked about in the show notes, including how to follow and contact her on social media. Let me know which other authors you'd like to hear from and what you'd like me to ask them. If it's the first time you're listening to the Teachers Podcast, then check out our other episodes for some more great listens. We've been securing some more fantastic guests for you. And if you want to request that someone is on the podcast, you can let us know in our Facebook group called The Teachers Podcast Community. The episode is live on YouTube as well, so don't forget to subscribe to our channel. And did you love this episode? Please leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. See you next week. Thank you for listening. The Teachers Podcast is in association with Classroom Secrets provider of high quality and affordable teaching resources that children love and teachers trust. To find out more, visit classroomsecrets.co.uk.